Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Ailish works to help families from pregnancy to preschool as a hypnobirthing childbirth educator, holistic birth coach and consultant, Reiki practitioner, doula, and gentle sleep and parenting coach. She also works for Postpartum Support International Connecticut chapter and recently opened her own space in Manchester, Connecticut. Ailish is not only a graduate of Center for Pediatric Sleep Management, she has also completed her certification as a Jai Institute parenting coach that focuses on attachment science and gentle responsive parenting. She's melded what she's learned in both courses to help families navigate their parenting goals all while getting some sleep. I love that. Ailish, welcome to the (laughs) podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Yay. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So I wanted to have you on because I consider you to be an expert in both attachment science and gentle parenting. And I love how you use this knowledge to successfully coach your clients through gentle sleep training. Uh, Before we dive into what this looks like, can you walk us through the basics of attachment science and explain how that differs from attachment parenting? Absolutely. So, um, So often parents get confused since both of these terms use the same word. So therefore it can seem like one automatically contributes to the other. So in their mind, attachment parenting would automatically make a secure attachment with their child, but it's not so true. So they're actually really not linked. When you look at the the data, they're not linked at all because like, for instance, you could wear your baby all day, but if you're not fostering safety, warmth, affection, consistency, and just even respect for their emotions while you're holding them, you're not creating a secure attachment. (laughs) You're just holding your baby. Um, So it's really not the method of holding or feeding, but the quality of the interaction that matters for attachment. So this is where it gets kind of like, what? I thought I was doing it all right. I'm holding my baby all the time. I'm doing this. But it's really the actions behind the deeper actions behind the action. <laughs> um, so attachment theory is like essentially a theory of regulation and co-regulation with your child. Um, so it's like the parent and child working together to co-regulate. So and when we talk about secure attachment, it can be done in a few ways. Um, so like the first thing I talk about is like connection and intimacy are safe. They're safe and dependable. Um, and then the opposite of that would be like, you know, connection and intimacy are not safe. They're dangerous. They're unpredictable, you know? So that's, that's where secure attachment is more beneficial. Obviously, you know, our kids thinking we're dangerous and then like emotions are okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be, our bodies are trustworthy. Our emotions are trustworthy. And of course the opposite of that would be crying is dangerous. Crying is bad. Um, so all the things that, um, you know, almost like we can't survive, you know, like a baby can't survive intense stress. Um, and then our inner world makes sense. It makes sense. Um, we're worthy of being known and seen and heard and understood. And of course, the opposite of that would be that, you know, children are to be seen and not heard, um, not to be accepted. Their, their feelings don't matter. So that's where kind of, um, it, it's such a confusing thing. So Secure attachment is when a baby feels safe with their caregiver. 
<laughs> yeah. And, so, and that happens, that happens not just in like specific isolated moments, right? right That's happening right. like over long goes. periods, at, like secure attachment. I think a lot of people worry that secure attachment can be damaged by a moment or an action, right? right? Like if you even right. think about like, let's, let's take sleep training out of the picture for a second, right? right? right. Let's just talk about parenting. Um, right. I got frustrated with my daughter this morning because mm -hmm. she, she actually like her tooth is hurting. And like, every time I go to brush it, she's screaming. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, we need to go to the dentist. And then she starts right. screaming and crying because she's scared of the dentist. And then I'm like, why are you crying about the dentist? And like, we're getting, we're getting into this moment. And then, you know, my husband comes down and he's like, are you really screaming about her about the dentist? And I'm like, no, but like, look, if right. we look at that, if we look at what just happened this morning, was that right. like me being the model parent, was I perfect in that right. moment? No, right. I was terrible. No. And I was trying to cheer her up by like telling her jokes that were just making her cry more. Like it was all a mess, right? It was a mess. <laughs> <We do our best. laughs> it was a total mess. Like I totally botched it, but, but like, I didn't ruin our attachment, you no. know? Um, she was upset no. with me this morning. She was mad and I didn't ruin our relationship. I didn't jeopardize yeah. our relationship. Right. And I think exactly. that, yeah, that's sort of how I view, um, sleep training is like, right. you know, you're not, you're not, um, ruining your relationship with your child because your child is temporarily frustrated or upset because of something that you're doing that's for their greater benefit. Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. It's all about the ebbs and flows and being able to say, I made a mistake. I overreacted. I didn't model the behavior that I want to see in my, my child. We're not perfect. So it's kind of like, you know, you, you constantly are doing this kind of um, assessing what happened, apologizing for what happened, and then moving forward. And that's how you create a secure attachment is constantly, you know, working on the things, <laughs> whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we, we briefly touched on this, but I'd love to hear it in your words a little bit more in depth. You know, when I, when I think about, I guess I often, I often hear from parents that are against sleep training, that it compromises secure attachment. Um, right. I know that you don't agree with this, but you know, more importantly, how do you help families navigate these feelings that they're working through as they're making these meaningful changes to the way their children sleep. Because I think there's a lot of guilt that comes into play with all of this. And how are you navigating that as a gentle sleep and parenting coach? Yeah. Um, I mean, I get this a lot. A lot of times people kind of um, come to the calls if they do, you know, um, if they come to the calls, they are very skeptical. They're, oh, they have this wall up. Um, so I get this a lot. And, you know, I always say the, the, the beauty of building secure attachment is, again, what I just said before, we rebuild it again and again. No one is going to be perfect. Um, you will not be perfectly self-regulated <laughs> day in and day out. It's not possible. It's exhausting. And we're putting too much pressure on ourselves to be this perfect parent. Um, you're going to mess up. And it's okay to say, I made a mistake, I messed up, I'm sorry, and bring in the process of rebuilding again. So it's really about kind of, I tell them, like, it's not about worrying about these tough three days that we're going to have, <laughs> you know, maybe three, if that, sometimes it's not even, um, we're going to have a tough time, but it's like learning to kind of like show up and say, I am here, you know, so a lot of the times, um, you know, I always say like, you're not going to damage the bond that you have with your baby that you're working day in and day out for over three days. 
or a day or, or 20 hour. minutes or 20 minutes. It's you're not, it's not going to happen. Um, yes. There, are there differing, varying degrees of things? Yes, of course. Like most of my parents that come to me are not going to do the extension method. And that is fine. That's why I have all the other methods that, you know, um, that we can work with. Um, yeah. But I also think it's important to say that like, even if they did that, like their child would still love them and trust them. And I think that that's really important because, yeah. you know, there's this whole culture that we as sleep consultants are, are supporting, right. And facilitating this entire, you know, people, people can choose to parent however they want, but there's this whole culture that, you know, if you choose to certain parent a certain way that like you're not doing what's best for your kids. And I feel super passionately about the fact that regardless of how you choose to parent your children, as long as you are loving them and caring for them and you genuinely truthfully believe that what you're doing is what's best for them, mm-hmm. then like you are doing okay and you are yeah. building secure attachment and yep. and it's okay for your child to be alone in a room for 20 minutes upset. And that is not going to damage them emotionally. I think that that's really important. And, and then, and then for those families who just feel like I am not aligned with this, I would never do that in my home. Then we say fabulous. We have so many tools. We have so many tools to work on this in other ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Actually, one of my uh, touched on like, being there, just showing up. So like one of my favorite books is actually um, The Power of Showing Up by uh, Tina, was it Tina Payne Bryson and Daniel Siegel? Those books, if anyone wants any more insight on kind of what I'm talking about, that's a great starter book um, just to think about because it is, it is it kind of, it shows you that we have so much more power than, than we think. <laughs> we have so much innate um, instinct that we're not tapping into. And a lot of the times what I find when I'm working with people is that they're reading all the books, they're doing all the things, um, you know, they're all these well-meaning books and all these well-meaning, you know, articles and podcasts. Resources, yeah. Resources like up the wazoo. Um, but when it comes down to actually putting things together, they're kind of lost. Um, because there's, I mean, I could go on like there's, because they don't trust their own, they don't trust their own instincts because there's so much noise going on around noise. Yep. So much noise, so much pressure, so much guilt, shame. Yeah. And you know, I always say a lot of my clients, they're super well-read, they're really smart and they have all this access to all this information and my clients tell me all the time that they're hiring me just to make sure that they're not doing it wrong. That's what they yeah. say. They're like, I just don't want to do it wrong. And that, I, look, I'm happy to support them, but that makes me sad that parents feel this way in our society, right. that there is so much information and it's all so overwhelming that they're doubting themselves. And yeah. look, I love to be that one that comes in and helps them realize that they can trust themselves. So right. that's one of my favorite parts about what we do, but, right. but it's sad it's sad commentary, right? I mean, I work from people from pregnancy to, you know, the preschool age. So like I, I, I try my best to have them start at pregnancy listening into that, but that's okay. You know, we can, (laughs) that's the beauty of it with, when you're trying to create a secure attachment, it, it doesn't matter when, and honestly, you could be messing up for years and years and years. And when you decide that I want to be different now, and you learn how to be different and, and parent and, you know, it's really about checking yourself to be quite honest, it has nothing to do with changing your kid. It's really about changing within and, and trusting yourself 
trusting your kid, um, but trusting yourself first. And and, and, and is that so important? That. Is that so important? Because then that sort of trickles down to your child, right? You're sort of yes. then modeling and you you're are modeling. when you're living sort of authentically as the parent yep. that you believe yourself to be, yes. then you can truly support your child in the most Absolutely. true and authentic way, right? We're getting yep. deep here, but yeah. I like that. Yeah, we're getting right? deep, right? I, I, I feel that. <laughs> true. It goes, you know, it goes one level deeper because again, sometimes it is like a deeper pro- issue than just sleep. Sometimes it is that disconnect that we have to kind of create that, you know, bring it all together to help them trust themselves so that they can trust that what they're doing is actually beneficial for their child and that they can trust that their child's still going to love them and they're not messing them up for years to come. Um, like we've been, but they probably heard in some forum, you know? Yeah. One um, of my favorite things that um, a child psychologist ever said to me about, you know, I work with a lot of three, four, five-year-olds who um, are scared of sleeping in their own bed or they're anxious to be alone. And what she said to me is that, you know, if you as the parent don't believe that they are capable of doing X, right, then they can't believe that they are capable of doing whatever it is, whether it's sleeping alone in their room, whether it's learning to ride a bike, whether it's not being afraid of dogs. Um, You know, we as parents have to believe in our children. We have to believe in ourselves as parents to guide them and, and lift them up and help them to grow. And when we don't believe that they are capable, then like no change. How are they going to believe? How are they going to grow? I mean, it would be the same thing as you as an adult. If you were to say, you know, okay, uh, I'm going to do this thing and no one supported you and no one believed in you. Do you think you'd be doing as well as you are now? Right. Like it, it's, it, you can, you can go, they are, they're not tiny, you know, they're tiny humans and tiny adults, but it's, you can take the same look, like how would I want to be treated in all this? And so with sleep, it's like, you're just saying, uh, just to bring it back to that, like you're just saying, like, you can do this, you can do this. And I believe in you. Um, and I, and I talk about communication big time. I think that they look at these little babies and they think, oh, they don't understand anything. They understand way more than we give them credit for way more. And so, you know, walking them through every step and having helping them understand, um, is really, is an important step in the parenting in general. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like to bring it back, I think you had uh, brought up gentle parenting versus like permissive and all that. Right. I think that's where we get messed up too. <laughs> yeah, let's we talk think about that. that. Gentle, <laughs> yeah. gentle parenting is sort of like a movement, right? Yes. Um, yes. But, but what is permissive parenting? Because that doesn't sound as good. Um, no. And and what's the difference? And how do you make sure that you're sort of living in the gentle parenting sphere rather than right. the per, per, permissive, permissive parenting right. sphere? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the times when um, all right. So say I am parenting my child, someone may say, Oh, how are they gonna, you know, you're, you're talking to them too much, you just tell them what to do, and they should do it. Right? Well, the key is, is that gentle parenting um, has gotten, people have gotten not wrong, they're just, again, reading all the books, doing all the things, and when they implement it, they're lost. And they think, Oh, as a gentle parent, I literally have to make sure my kid is happy at all times. But they are not, um, you know, as soon as they start to show that they have wants and needs and, and opinions, we as parents are bending over backwards to ensure that their kids are always happy, that they're always first, that they're never crying. 
And that's not creating a secure attachment either. <laughs> that is actually insecurity up the wazoo. So I, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I'm yeah. so glad you're saying this as an yeah. expert on attachment theory and, and then also what attachment parenting looks like. I have said this for years, parents who are, who are practicing attachment parenting, and I'm putting that in air quotes for those that are just mm-hmm. listening to this and not watching, yeah. that have the mindset that their children can just never cry and should never be upset and should never be disappointed. Um, right. Those children are so often anxious and insecure Very. because they are f- so afraid yep. that their emotions are bad. And, yep. you know, it, it needs to be taught. I don't know where we ended up in this world where we're afraid yeah. for our children to express to their feel. emotions and to right. feel it drives mm-hmm. me crazy. Sorry, it, I interrupted you, but I have I to. Know, it drives not at all. me nuts, it's, it's, you know, and it makes so me important. sad. It's, it's a problem yeah. for our, for future generations to not well, be able say. to be comfortable with their emotions and their feelings. Right. And that insecurity doesn't just go away over time. It only, it could only be enhanced if we don't if we don't tackle it, right? Um, it's not to say like, oh, you've done this and now it's, uh, it's over. No, of course. But if you don't ever tackle it, if you don't ever give them that space and show them that emotions are safe, that their feelings are safe and helping them find, you know, find it in their body, uh, find the emotion in their body and be able to like breathe through it and actually be present within themselves. Um, if you don't teach them that, they will bring, go and bring that into adulthood. And this is where we have high anxiety adults, um, and, you know, we know what happens when we have high anxiety adults having children, right? <laughs> it's a very, it's a, it's an anxiety fast. So it's one of those things that if we can tackle it now, we are helping future generations, you know? So um, that's why I just think it's just so important to kind of understand that gentle parenting is not just letting your kid do whatever they want or, or never feeling a, a, a wrong emotion that you should never tell your kid that that's a wrong emotion to have because it's an emotion. You can't tell somebody not to feel something, right? You can tell them to say something or not be, you know, that's inappropriate, but you can never tell them that 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 feeling is wrong because that's what it is. It is what it is. It's a feeling. Um, So yeah, I think well-meaning parents overdo it and they just try to meet every child request and it turns into basically gentle parenting, get a, getting a bad rap saying right. that, Oh, if you're a gentle parent, you're just letting them do whatever you want. Absolutely not. It's actually more boundaries, more bumpers, even um, when a, there's a parenting coach that uses bumpers. And I love that because there's some things that have boundaries. No, you may not do have ice cream for breakfast. And yes, you might cry about it, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, Oh, here's a bumper. Okay. Well it's the afternoon and you know, we didn't plan on ice cream, but yeah, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make an exception today. So there's, you know, I think that's where I just wanted to touch on that because gentle parenting, um, attachment, parenting, responsive parenting, which, you know, I it's in my promo, like gentle, responsive parenting. I, I have to understand, like say this too, that, you know, I'm going to like, I'm going to just, you know, blow myself up. Responsive. Everybody responds. That's what I, that's what I think. That's what I think. Responds to their child, you know? And and I don't like that name because it it implies that the people who are parenting differently are not responding to their children. Right. And you can respond to your child negatively (laughs) and you're still responding. So, you know, it's, it's more about, okay, how do we respond differently than we were raised? And I think that's why, like, we should just X that 
like there's too many categories. Gentle parenting can be responsive, empowered, conscious. It can be, you know, it's a different way than we were parented probably. Right. So, and I like, I like conscious parenting. I like that name because it feels really thoughtful. It feels like, okay, I'm being thoughtful about the way that I'm parenting, but the name also implies that like people that don't subscribe to that particular parenting style are not conscious, (laughs) which I don't like that either. So I know, you know, you know, and I think a lot of this stuff, it all stems from like the mommy wars on the internet, you know, which I think is the biggest shame of all of it. Right. If parents would just agree to recognize that all of us, and I always say this, every single one of us parents largely is just trying Mm -hmm. to do the absolute best that we possibly can for our kids, whether we believe in timeouts, whether we believe in time-ins, whether we believe in whatever, uh, we're Mm -hmm. all just trying to do the best that we can for our children. And, you know, I think we're all responsive, we're all conscious, and sometimes we nail it and sometimes we make a mistake and then we move on. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like how we respond is the important part, not the, the response itself. Yeah. <laughs> and that so, goes back to this other stuff. So let's talk about uh, business building and entrepreneurship, because that's yeah. really what this podcast is really all about. I would love to hear right. what it looks like for you to both attract families and then support those families that lean more towards the attachment parenting camp. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, like, let's talk marketing. How do you go about attracting this type of parent? And then what does it look like to support them? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, for my marketing, I purposely use words that you would find in those groups. So gentle, holistic, empowered. Um, I use those to attract my ideal client because there is a sleep consultant for everyone. All right. But I wanted to create a safe space for these parents that are feeling the shame. Um, and, and they want to parent this route, but they're also feeling shame for wanting sleep and space. And so I really wanted, you know, it's not that I, I'll take on any client that is, wants to work with me in any way, but I really wanted to navigate that group of people because I think these are the people who are suffering silently. They're scared to ask for help because they're scared to tell their mom group that they hired someone to help them get sleep. Right. And so, um, that I do definitely use those words in my, in my marketing in order to try to say, Oh, see, because I think all the things that we teach, except for a couple things would be considered gentle, you know, but it's just a matter of saying like, right. But it's like, Hey, you, I'm talking to you. That's what I'm trying to say. And Um, then do you feel that they feel once they come into your space and once you start talking to them about how it is okay for your child to be frustrated and upset, do they feel like, bamboozled, you know, does it feel bait and switch? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that might happen sometimes, yes. right? Yes, they do. Yeah. Because they, and, and here's, and this is why I put a disclaimer like front and center too, where we could have the gentlest move, uh, gentlest, uh, you know, plans. We could do the gentlest of things. And if your baby doesn't want it, they're going to tell you about it. Sure. They're going to tell you about it. They're going to tell you why they're mad. <laughs> they're going to yell. They're going to scream. They're going to be upset with you. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is that you are right there. And I always make that point is that you are right there showing up, showing them that they can do it and that, um, you are, you are still present. You're still there. Um, 
So yeah, a lot of times people say, oh, well, I just don't want any crying. I said, that's, that's not healthy for yourself or for you. Cause that's impossible. Your, your baby's going to feel that they need to cry sometimes. And you're going to need to learn how to work through those triggers. So since crying is such a trigger, what do we do? Where do you feel in your body when your baby cries? Let's isolate that. Isolate where you feel it. You feel it in your chest, you feel it in your shoulders, isolate where you feel it in your body so we can start to breathe through it. Practicing the pause and not reacting. So we have a very reactive, like as, as mothers, as parents, as anybody, when we are on default mode, you know how we were raised, even if it's good or bad, doesn't matter. We are on default mode. So we end up reacting sometimes overreacting to our child's needs. So it's like, really, I try to tell them like, no, we're going to practice the pause. We're going to start listening to your child. We're going to start listening, honing in. We're going to be watching your child. We're looking for cues. We're looking for the language they have because they do have a language. We just have to, we don't understand it. We're so far removed from it, but they have it. So how can we listen in? So it's about you know, when I work with them, or even before we start to work, if they're having those kind of questions, that's what I say is that we, you know, it's really about looking for regulation within yourself, so that you can work through those feelings, because it's okay for them to have those feelings. But it's not okay to you feel triggered every time you feel, you know, crying is, is going to make you feel anxious or whatever it is. So, you know, sometimes I'll start when I'm supporting them. Sometimes it'll be a slower process. You know, if I say, I might say, you know, you might need three weeks with me, um, but we'll take it how you need. Um, but we'll might do fading techniques before we jump into coaching. So it's kind of, I do like baby steps. And I, I also take, you know, I'm a little bit more holistic in nature. I try to take everything into account. So, <clears throat> you know, I'm looking at their mental health. Um, how was their birth? Okay. That can bring up a lot of stuff that sometimes that's the start of the insecurity. Um uh, maybe they have a history of um, anxiety. Uh, maybe they have a history of um, postpartum, postpartum um, mood <clears throat> anxiety disorders, PMADS. Um, so, or, or a history of abuse and they're, you know, trying to break the cycle, but, the, but they don't know how. So I take everything into, um, into account. And again, trying to find those, regulate those big emotions so that they can understand that their baby is okay. Um, so yeah, we work on communication routines, watching for those, their child's cues and, and really try to like break that disconnect that's happening where I don't know if my baby's hungry or not. Well, we're going to learn. I mean, I don't know that if is, my baby's tired like, or not. To me, that is the most important thing. Learn. Like, you yeah. know, when people, when people tell me that like, you know, they don't care if their baby feeds to sleep or they like feeding to sleep fine. But like, you know, it's really valuable to learn whether your baby's hungry or tired. Cause like, those exactly. are actually two very different things very going different on in a baby's things. body. So, right. you know, it's it at the end of the day, eat, play, sleep is brilliant because it right. teaches you how to understand if your baby is hungry or tired. And yeah. when you understand what your baby needs, it's better. It's yep. easier to keep them happy. Then actually yes. there's less crying, right? Like that's exactly, exactly. Totally. Absolutely. And yeah, so it's, it's, I think it's important. It's not to just react, but to really look at the whole picture and say, you know, <clears throat> I, my baby is okay. I am okay. And we can do this, you know, we can do this and be effective and not feel shame with everything. That's all the noise. <laughs> and, and one thing you, you said to me when we were having a conversation, I don't know, way back when, maybe a couple of years ago at this point, who knows, you said to me um, that you always tell your clients or you say that sleep training is 
always tuning in, never tuning out. Yes. Yeah. I quote absolutely. you on that. That is like, yeah. that yeah. is, I, I borrowed that. I, I right. think that, um, <laughs> I tell all of my clients that I think it's brilliant. Uh, yeah. you know, even if you are listening from a distance from another room, you are never tuning out. If you're doing it right, you're, you're listening, you're tuning in, you're watching for those cues, you're listening <laughs> for different noises and, uh, that you are a hundred percent right that it's all communication and yeah. we're communicating and they're communicating and, and this is how everybody learns to communicate together as a family, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. And not being scared of that communication and not being yeah. scared to say, uh, you know, and like I said, the worst thing that can happen is that you, you know, you had a rough night, uh, of sleep, of sleep training the night before and baby wakes up all nice and rested. You can say, I'm so sorry that you didn't like last night, but look how well rested you are. And you just bring up that other, you know, especially when they're older, it's easier to say like, look at that. Like, don't you feel better? Don't you feel But You know, all those kinds of things. And that is so the best like, part. They always do wake up super smiley. They, they always, look at you. They're like, smiley, don't and they're like happened. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's um, the thing. So, so let's shift gears a little bit. Um, yeah. I would love to hear from you what has been sort of like the most challenging part of this business of yours, navigating, navigating all of this and what has been the most rewarding? Yeah. Um, I think the hardest part is like, I, for me, just, I have so many gears, you know, I'm, I'm, I started off as a birth doula, then I got into teaching and I do hypnobirthing and my, my own childbirth education. I got a lot of gears, postpartum doula turned into a sleep coach, you know, like <laughs> I got a little pin and parenting coach. So I have a lot of gears and it's hard for me to just focus on one. So I, you know, I did that to myself. So it's about, for me, I struggle with showing up with everything. Like I'm really, really, really good with, um, birth and sleep. So you'll see those two things all the time. And then like nothing about my parent coach, <laughs> nothing about my postpartum work, you know, and, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's like showing up and, and showing all the features of my, of my, of my talents, my many talents. Um, so that's where I struggle. Um, and I would say my strengths are, um, networking. I think networking is probably the most important part of, um, building business and building successful business. Um, I can tell you that a majority of my clients come from another, even another sleep coach. Um, I have people being sent from other like doulas, um, all uh, providers, pediatricians, you name it. So it's kind of like me not doing all that work of going to those networking events and going and making my face known and getting coffees on Zoom and things like that. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be here where I am today if it wasn't for the actually the other business owners. Yeah, so I love that. And I, you know, I, I, I'm the same way. So I really identify with that. Um, you know, if yeah. you don't get out there and talk to people and show them right. your face and your smile and that you can help them or support them or collaborate right. with them, then, then they don't know that you exist and they, they can't know. help you. Right. 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 Yeah. I right. love that. Um, what about all the like classes and courses that you're teaching? <laughs> Tell us about, this is always what's like fascinated me about you actually, because it's funny, like you came into center for pediatric sleep management and like already had all this course experience. And here I was mm -hmm. as like a green course <laughs> creator 
and I felt like you were the expert. And so I sort of <laughs> latched, I latched onto you a little bit and like wanted to see what you're doing. So I would love to hear about what you're up to now. What courses are you offering and where can everybody find you if they would like yeah. to take some of these courses? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I have, um, you know, I teach in person, of course I have my, my space uh, that just opened in May and um, really exciting. I love it. But when the pandemic hit, I was like, I need, people need education and there was no real options going on. So I taught virtually great. And what I decided to do is um, I made my own course. Um, I found that this course I would take, this course, it was a little lacking. So I basically smushed everything together um, and created a, a called Birthing Bravely. So it's a childbirth education course. Um, and that's been doing really well. You know, it's great for people who want that on their own, do it on their own. And then they, what they do is they schedule and book coaching calls with me to get that extra, um, you know, attention, answer questions, things like that. Um, and then from there, I actually just completed, um, they're launching in, I want to say I was shooting for July, but I'm thinking probably end of July, early August. Um, just, I have a three-year-old, so every day is like, <laughs> who knows um but um I made a postpartum prep course uh, which is very exciting I think it's something that is very needed um and that is also self-paced um I made a partner prep class so that's actually for um childbirth ed too so that's um that's going to be launching last because I uh, need to find a pregnant person if anyone's in Connecticut. <laughs> um, <laughs> to show all the things. Um, and then I actually made, um, uh, it's a newborn sleep shaping. All right. So it's a self-paced course, newborn sleep shaping. And it actually goes over what's normal about a newborn. So normal sleep, normal feeding, how to navigate. So it's a little deeper than the postpartum course. So it goes postpartum course kind of touches on sleep, touches on things that are important in postpartum, but this is kind of like a deep dive into how to navigate sleep with your newborn so that maybe you don't need me later. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so setting people up for success and if they do need me, that's great. Um, uh, but yeah, that's been really exciting. And it's actually launching um, my first classes tomorrow. Oh my gosh. That's so, so exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. And where can everybody you. find you online? maybe share your website and Instagram yeah. or wherever else you show up online. Absolutely. So um, my website is alishlewis.com. So um, very easy, A-I-L-I-S-H-L-E-W-I-S.com. And then uh, for Instagram, I'm at alish.lewis.coaching. And um, I also have a private um, Facebook group called The Brave Space, um, which is a wonderful awesome community of parents just in all different walks of parenthood. So I love it. I love that space. Um, yeah. And then I'm here. I in agree. Manchester. I love that space too. I'm, I'm a yeah. member of that group and I, <laughs> I enjoy that community as well. So I can speak to that personally. Um, I'm going to leave all of this information in the show notes so that everyone can access it easily. And thank you so much for sharing your yeah, expertise you. with all of us today. I learned a lot and I hope that others did as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so great being with you again. Ditto. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, 
review, and subscribe. This helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.